Good morning. It is time to get up with the wildest wild card weekend yet. Daniel Jones did something no other quarterback ever did. You'll hear the one word for him this morning. Meanwhile, words cannot describe the drama in Cincinnati off one of the biggest defensive plays ever. So much to cover from that game. And then we save the best for last. We're live in Tampa as the stars of the NFL try to take out the greatest in the history of the game. All that and more as we get up with you starting right now on a Monday and we're jamming. Ready to go. Rex, ready to go. Dan Orlovsky live in Tampa. He'll be with us all morning as well as we break down all of the NFL action from the weekend. And it begins in Minnesota yesterday. Oh, the drama. The 3-6 game between the Dream Men and the 13-win Vikings. The coaches out there, Kevin O'Connell, Brian Dayball, both in their first years with their team. Both did great jobs. First quarter, Giants down. 7-0. But RC, I have four words for you. Daniel Stephen Jones the third. <laughs> Daniel Jones showed his legs the entire day, getting out of the pocket, making a big play, and running away from Patrick Peterson, who was 4-3 when he came out. And how about the burst from Saquon? Saquon Barkley was at a different speed from mm-hmm. everyone else on the field yesterday. They got the football to him in space, and he made huge plays for Brian Dayball and the Giants. Ties the game at 7. Next Giant possession. We know Jones can run it, but he slung it yesterday. Listen, Daniel Jones made sure he fought the spots in the zone the entire day. The crosses were open to Slayton. They were open to Ricky James, and he made the play. And then a lot of the day, he was looking for Isaiah Hodgins. What a day he had. Eight catches for Hodgins, 105 yards, and the Giants take the lead. Opening possession of the third down. Giants up 17-14 on a third down. Barkley again. Saquon Barkley sneaks out of the backfield, gets the football in the open field. The other guy looks like he's jogging. Saquon Barkley pulls off. And so here's Jones again now, and it's Daniel Bellinger, and the Giants are up 10. Daniel Jones, 24 of 35, 301 yards, 24-14, Giants. Now, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. Notice we haven't said Justin Jefferson's name much in the highlight. After the early play in the game, Justin Jefferson couldn't get over, but Kirk Cousins was dialed in, getting his football down the field. And now he hits Irv Smith in the back of the end zone, and the Vikings are within three at 24-21. Fourth quarter, tied at 24. Jones, fourth and one. Gutsy decision to go for it. This is why Brian Dayball is my coach of the year. This was a huge call. Physical quarterback, get the first down. Saquon Barkley runs into the D-tackle early. It keeps the leg, the legs driving. Touchdown for the Giants. 31-24. Now, just over two and a half minutes to go. Rex Ryan, this could have turned the entire game. The roughing call on Dexter Lawrence. Absolutely ridiculous. Look, Dexter Lawrence was kicking butt all game. Yeah, he He's was. 350 pounds. He didn't <laughs> sling him down. If he wanted to, he would have thrown him in the end zone, Greeny. Horrible call. Disgraceful, but it was not to be the difference because on, thir- on fourth and eight, Kirk Cousins decided, we'll get it on fifth down. He throws it <laughs> short of the stick. TJ Hawkinson, a stunning decision, and that's how it ends. The Giants run out the clock, and they're headed to Philadelphia. Play good. Play good. Yeah, play good. Winning football. You seem to be understating how well he played in this situation. No, what isn't good a good adjective to use? Yeah. I'm not a writer. I'm just a coach. Do you feel like you have an elite quarterback? I know we have an elite quarterback. And I think he's shown that multiple times. But we also got amazing players around him too. So we got his back no matter what. All right, and so Rex Ryan is looking to take a victory lap today. <laughs> what you point to, Rex? He, he called Here, a shot. Here's what I'm pointing at. <laughs> Thank you very much on the bad flip. Daniel Jones, the day before the draft, the year he was drafted, Rex on this show said, 
He should go high. He should go to the Giants at Absolutely. six. And last night, he made you look like a genius. Yeah, well, of course. You know, imagine that, man. He finally gets a little coaching right here. And, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Ignore it. You know, ignore it. That, oh, he didn't say that. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> you know, right again. That's all I'm going to say. And don't hate. Just congratulate, okay? Daniel Jones is the man. I'm the man. Go ahead and admit it. Do we have uh, Danny with us from Tampa right now? We do. Okay. <clears throat> Dan Orlovsky, through a quarterback's eyes. I mean, this felt like a different day for Daniel Jones. How do you yeah. describe what we saw? Yeah, Daniel Jones has gone from a legit problem for the Giants to a legit problem solver, Greeny. And everyone is going to talk about his running yesterday, as we should. But it wasn't just the fact that he ran. It was how quickly he ran with the football. And that was the thing that was so impressive because you go into that game going, all right, well, our offensive line isn't a great unit, so we got to figure out a way to protect. Daniel Jones is like, I'm just going to take off when it's not there. And you see on second down, like second and seven, automatic first down. Now look how quickly this is happening. The clock is a big part of this. Why is it happening? Daniel Jones realizing 2.4 seconds, first and 10. But coverage is vacated. I'm going to take off again. Multiple times yesterday where you're sitting there going, Daniel Jones has a complete understanding of this is a good pass rush unit. It's the only thing defensively that they do well. First and second down, if I see the middle of the field or one side be vacated, I'm not going to hang on to the football. And I think that's the really growth for Daniel Jones this year under Brian Dable is I've talked about this with him. He used to panic with the football so often, and he would hold it, and that would make him – kind of give the ball to the defense. The growth throughout this year, and then watching it yesterday, it's almost Joe Burrow-like, really understanding, hey, I'm playing against this opponent, and the only thing they could do is rush the passer, don't hold the football, and we'll be fine. And that was such an impressive maturation process for Daniel Jones. He used to be a problem for the Giants. Now the journey of quarterbacking, can you be a problem solver? He's done. Uh, he, he may have found a really nice spot in the destination yesterday. Yep. You made a great analogy this morning. Well, yesterday should have won Brian Dayball the coach of the year because if you watched the mm. Giants and the Bills, Daniel Jones looked more like Josh Allen than Josh Allen did yesterday. And Josh Allen has been amazing throughout the sure. playoffs. And we're used to seeing him make the plays we saw Daniel Jones make. He was able to use his legs anytime he needed to to pick up first downs. There were called runs with physicality on third down and short in the red zone, which Josh Allen used to be amazing at. But for me, it was the poise in the pocket, understanding where to put the football and when to do it. Daniel Jones was in complete control of this game from a mental standpoint. And because of that mental standpoint where Brian Dayball has gotten him now we see all the things that Rex said he saw before the draft that should have got him drafted at six and when yeah. you look at the New York Giants right now and the way that they played offensively yesterday you are not scared to watch them go into Philly you feel like they now have a quarterback that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jalen Hurts that can stand against Philly's rush that can stand against Philly's back end and if you put pressure on him has the poise and the legs to get outside of the pocket I believe what Daniel Jones showed us yesterday was this I'm the franchise quarterback of the New York Giants. Pay me my money. You made me bet on myself. Well, guess what? I won that bet. Absolutely. I mean, the numbers, he's the third quarterback ever in a playoff game with 300 passing yards and 75 rushing yards. He's the first ever to do it in a win. And he mentions Brian Dayball. I mean, the, yeah. the difference that elite coaching makes in the NFL was on display in many cases this weekend and nowhere more than with the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's done it all season. I go out, like, name me one game this year, or name me any games that Brian Dayball and his staff has been out coached. I can give you one example.
All right, Detroit, that was it. And this guy's done an amazing job. So, to me, elite quarterback play because you have an elite coach. You allow this guy to, to be elite. And, and it's so funny because everybody's take is Daniel Jones was hot garbage. He wasn't hot garbage. His coaching was hot, hot garbage <laughs> yeah. until this year. Now he's got a coach that actually believes him, has a plan, understands. Hey, all Daniel Jones, when he came out of the draft, he had the size. He, he was a smart, athletic, tough. He had all those type of things. And by the way, elite arm talent. All right? You can't tell me he couldn't peg the ball. The, he could always do it. The, the big thing is this, and we said this with Josh Allen, and now we're seeing it with Daniel Jones. Brian Dayball is not asking him to do things he's not good at. When you look at the passing game, it's putting people in his line of sight, in his vision, where he could get the football out of his hands quickly. And if he can't, he can use his legs to get outside of the pocket. That's what coaching is about. Coaching is not trying to fit a round peg into a Amen. square hole. It's saying, this is what you're good at, and I'm going to let you do that. And Daniel Jones has excelled at that this season, and he's only gotten better since week one against the Tennessee Titans. It's not that hard, if, if you, and Dan, I'm coming right to you here. If you, want to, if you want to try and pinpoint the difference in Daniel Jones, look at him this season and the direction he went. Look at the direction Mac Jones went yeah. this oh, season. There's point. a thread of commonality between yeah. those two. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not here to bury Joe Judge, but he should not be coaching offensive football, and that's what happened to Mac Jones this year. And look at Daniel Jones, who all of a sudden looks like a great quarterback. Danny, go. Yeah, I think the more impressive thing for Daniel Jones, too, Greeny, is when he was taken at six, I think a lot of us were like, he's good. You know, we saw good. And I even, up until this past weekend, was like, how good is his good? Is it good enough? And I think that's really what stood out yesterday is you watched, again, he was a difference maker. It wasn't just he was a game manager. And that's really a big jump. And I think you can't have the conversation about Daniel Jones unless you're willing to also have the conversation about Saquon Barkley as well. I mean, when I watch that football game and I see the use of Saquon Barkley, my note is... I feel like I'm watching Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. The different ways that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, their play caller, find ways to allow Daniel Jones to play to his strength, but also Saquon Barkley to play to his strength, and not just turning around and handing it off to him different times. And the last thing I'll say is this. Mike Kafka, their offensive coordinator, we got to talk about more, okay? We got to talk about, and I'm not saying that he's Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan right now, but when I watch this offense, and specifically when I watch it yesterday, Mike Kafka looks like a young Andy Reid and a young Kyle Shanahan with the way that they operate and call their personnel and formations. Mike Kafka from Northwestern. Quick final. The other big piece is this. When you talk about Saquon Barkley's use, you can't ignore Matt Breida. They now go pony personnel, which me and Rex knows is two halfbacks in the backfield. They allow him to get some of those tough yards so Saquon Barkley doesn't have to take some of that abuse. I have so much more on this game that we will get to, including the Kirk Cousins' decision to throw short of the sticks and so many other storylines coming out of that game as we get rolling because we're just getting started here on Get Up as we continue. Also, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they got an all-time defensive play to get a win, but we'll tell you why their fans need to be very, very worried this morning. Meanwhile, in Baltimore, alarm bells ringing about where Lamar Jackson wasn't last night, why this might have truly been the end of an era. As we roll on, it's Get Up on ESPN.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot taking the kids to school hopping from meeting to meeting shopping for groceries well the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. We are back on Get Up, and if you didn't stay up late last night, you missed one of the most dramatic plays ever. Bengals, Ravens, wild card round. No, Lamar Jackson didn't make the trip for the Ravens. We'll talk about that, but first we'll talk about Tyler Huntley, who did start the game with the Ravens down 9-0. He's got J.K. Dobbins. He gets the football to the flag. J.K. Dobbins reaches across the goal line, and we have ourselves a game in Cincinnati. 9-7 in favor of the Bengals. Then is Joe Burrow to Hayden Hurst. This is a big moment as they turn it over late in the They've half. been waiting for a big play from the rookie Kyle Hamilton the entire year. It comes up with the stick, the scoop, and now it's the Ravens ball there in big. Instead of the Bengals getting the late score in the half, it's the Ravens who do what's 10-9. Cincinnati at the break. Then it's Burrow, and then it's Jamar Chase on the sideline. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I was on defense, I'd cover that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Joe Burrow sneaking it in from the one from the score. Remember the important those words. Yeah, that's the most yeah. important word. <laughs> Bengals go for the two. They get it. They're up 17-10. Now, Hundley, wide open to Marcus Robinson. Hey, it's double move on Eli Apple. Easy score, throw and catch. Huntley filling it. So we're all tied up. Fourth quarter, Ravens ball again. Huntley, he can take off and run. Listen, we've seen this with Lamar Jackson 
Johnson. Tyler Huntley is much like him when you talk about running the football. A called quarterback run gets you down to the goal line. But here's the play oh. they'll be talking about forever. That is Huntley trying to go over the top. And it is punched out to Sam Hubbard. Yes, Sam Hubbard is like, please block somebody. Please block him. And now we go, look at that piano on his back. But he got in there, didn't he? The kid from the oxygen. The kid from Cincinnati. Look at that. He was. It's a good call. He just barely misses extending it over the <laughs> Hubbard takes it the other way, reminiscent of James Harrison in a Super Bowl once yeah. upon a time. Final chance, Bengals. Hundley drops back. Actually almost had a chance at the miracle. You know what? I wouldn't have been surprised if this football was caught, but it was on John Harbaugh and the offense not executing in the two-minute that put them in that the position. The sigh of relief. Joe Burrow survives and advances. Yeah, there's never any panic. You know, We've been in these spots before. We've been in these big moments. Understand that we have guys that are going to go make plays in, in moments like that. and So that gives us a lot of faith to just stay within ourselves, do our jobs, and come out with Ws. No matter how hard you try, Dan Orlovsky, it was impossible for last night not to be in large part about the absence of Lamar Jackson. And, and, and there were several players afterwards on the Ravens who said if Lamar had been here with us, I don't mean that they're criticizing him. They're just making the point. If they had Lamar Jackson, they would have won that game last night. Dan, is there any question in your mind they would have? No, no question. Lamar's that special of a player. We know that. And the way that their defense played against Cincinnati, yeah. you got to credit Baltimore. Because Huntley played well. The way their defense, and the reality is this, going into the game, I was like, this is not a football game that the Ravens can win unless they find a way to get the ball from Cincinnati. And all of a sudden, Kyle Hamilton <laughs> comes up, pops that ball out from Hayden Hurst, and they give him a short field. The Ravens played a very good football game. The reality is this. Cincinnati's quarterback, Joe Burrow, knows exactly, and I've said this all year about him, how to play versus a certain team. And he was very aware. Like, as guys, as long as he doesn't hold on to the football or give it away or make a poor decision with it and get reckless, they can't win the game. They hit the double move to Robinson. That kind of keeps that game very close. But the fact that Lamar doesn't play totally makes this game one-sided. The reality is this. Cincinnati has massive, massive issues on their offensive line. And the Baltimore Ravens have a ton of question marks headed into this offseason. Let me give you a couple of notes here, meanwhile, Rex, on the Bengals' offensive line, okay? So for the overwhelming majority of this season, they were healthy, they were intact, and they were much better. Their first 15 games, they had the same group starting every single week. And since then, you see it on your screen, they suffer all these injuries. Is that offensive line good enough for the Bengals to have any chance to get through Buffalo next week? I don't think so. And, I mean, you're hoping the, the left tackle comes back, Williams comes back. But no, they're not. They can't protect the quarterback. Look, the simple fact is this was not a one-sided game. Well, it might have been one-sided in Baltimore's favor. Yep. They outpassed them. They outrushed them. They, they did all that stuff. They had a, a, an incredibly bad play yep. where they were going to score. That's a 14-point flip in this game. Look, Cincinnati is lucky they're advancing. So we're going to get the matchup that we didn't get to see on that Monday night a few weeks ago. With uh, You're by now well aware of all the things that happen. Instead of in Cincinnati, it'll be in Buffalo, but we'll see those two teams go head-to-head next weekend. In the meantime, RC, I think a lot of fans were probably like I was. When Melissa Stark said before the game, Lamar Jackson, in fact, did not even yeah. make the trip with the team. I, I, 
I must admit, that struck me. What should a fan take from that? Guys, you've been in relationships, and you know when those relationships get close to the end, you start seeing signs. Lamar Jackson has been quiet about his injury the entire time. John Harbaugh has walked up to the media and said, you know, I don't know what's going on. And he's kind of been like, oh, bah humbug. And finally, Lamar was like, that's enough. Let me tell you what's going on. Here is why I am not playing. I think he felt like they were trying to cast him as a dude that didn't want to be on the field with his team. So he said, I want to be on the field with my team. I want to play. The knee is unstable. The knee is swollen. Here is, it's very rare you hear a player get specific about his injury, Mm -hmm. grade two, on the verge of grade three, and then he doesn't make the trip. Unless Lamar Jackson or the Baltimore Ravens come out, which I don't expect, and say that flying was in some way going to impair him if they had won this game and he could have played next week, then that's an issue. Because when a quarterback says, I wish I could be out there for my team, that says to me, I want to be there for my team in any way. Yeah. And I've made a decision or you've made a decision to not allow me to leave. Right? Do you think if, if Tom Brady's not there for Tampa or can't be on the field, you don't want his leadership on the sideline? Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes? Well, this guy means that much to the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. So if he isn't there, that is a problem, and that's something that's going to have to be worked out in the offseason. Listen, I mean, there's no, there's no other way to feel about this except, Rex, it feels like we're seeing the end. I mean, here's a young superstar. He won right. the Heisman at 19. He won the, M- the MVP of the league in his, his second, second year. year. They rebuilt the entire franchise around him. Does it feel like just that quickly it is over for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens together? Yeah, I I feel it is. And look, I said at week one when everybody was saying, well, let's trade Huntley. I'm like, nah, he might be the future. Everybody's like, you're crazy. Do I look crazy now? I'm going to say this. I know this organization well. All right? We've seen him do this. All right? We took Marquise Brown. Did they get a first-round pick for him last year? They did, yeah. They did? Okay. How about Orlando Brown? Did they get draft picks for him, including a first-round pick? Even in the prime of his career? You're kidding me, Greedy. They're going to do the same thing. They're going to do the same thing with Lamar Jackson because you're going to get at least two first-round picks, maybe three. I don't know, but you're going to get it. This organization has a business model. They stay with it. They don't. They don't uh, compromise it. And the other thing they do, they value the draft draft picks. And so, and they also develop players. That's what this organization does. And if I'm a bet man, I'm thinking that's going to happen. If you're asking how does it work, it's a mechanism very similar to the sign and trade in the NBA. You put the franchise, what they would do is they would franchise tag Lamar so that they have all of the cards. He works out a deal with some other team. They work out compensation. It's basically what happened with Devontae Adams and the Raiders this offseason. Dan, final word on all of this. Well, hearing you say that and hearing Rex say that, my mind immediately goes to Atlanta Falcons. Um, Mm. If that's going to be the case and Baltimore is going to trade Lamar, man, it makes a ton of sense with the way that they are set up with their football team. And he would be a perfect fit organizationally, as much as I love Desmond Ritter. I think our C's point of not knowing the why is a big part of this equation. And the second thing I'll say is this, Greeny. It's really difficult to hear Sammy Watkins during, during the week say, man, I wish Lamar would be out here. I wish he'd find a way to hobble out there because we got a chance to win it. And then hear J.K. Dobbins last night say, if we had Lamar, we win that football game and not think something's not right in that locker room. It certainly feels like something, there is a disconnect in that locker room when it comes to Lamar and everybody else. And I love Lamar, but that leaves a lot to be talked about this offseason, man. 
Now, there isn't any question that there are questions going forward. Meanwhile, Cincinnati advances. We have much more to do coming off an unbelievable wildcard weekend, which, oh, yeah, is not anywhere near over. Tonight, the big one in Tampa. So much has been made about Dak Prescott's struggles this season. Dan Orlovsky will give advice to the Cowboys quarterback of how he wins the big one tonight as we are live in Tampa. First take follows us. They're live in Tampa. NFL Live is live in Tampa today as we're counting it down to the biggest game of the year so far, Cowboys and Bucks tonight here on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Back on Get Up, morning wake-up call. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings come up short on 4th and 8. Giants Radio, the call. Look to the right of Cousins. Cousins calls out signals, takes the snap. He's back to throw. He's under pressure, got hit as he throws, completes it to his right, but he's short of the first down as Hawkinson. He's wrapped up. What a play by the Giants. Heck of a play. They threw it short to Hawkinson, and the Giants rallied to the ball, and Xavier McKinney makes the play of the ball game. And from there, they were able to kneel it out. Kirk Cousins coming up short after completing 80% of his passes and accounting for three touchdowns yesterday. It's kind of hard to blame him for the loss. Daniel Jones, of course, stole the show. And I played literally everyone this weekend with the 300 passing and the 75 rushing. But let's, let's go to what everyone is asking. Dan Orlowski, you were a quarterback. Everyone in the world is asking, how in the world on fourth and eight are you throwing huh. that ball to TJ Hawkinson with the season on the line? Yeah, I think, first of all, Kirk was very clear that he was trying to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. And the Giants, to their credit, double him. You ain't throwing the ball to number 18. Great. And the reality is this is the downside to a dominant pass rush. Dexter Lawrence is in his lap within one hitch of making that decision. 
Now, Kirk Cousins has run this type of play thousands of times. So being programmed, he's like, oh, the ball's got to get out. But the reality is this, and this is where, this is kind of why we live in this world where we want the athletic quarterbacks. An athletic quarterback more than likely like spins out of that or tries to get away and has the opportunity to go make a play. But Kirk, being pretty much a pocket passer, has to get that ball out. Should he launch it downfield and force it into double coverage in this situation? Absolutely. And he knows that. But being programmed to make that decision off of what the defense is doing and then feel is the reality of this situation. I kind of look at it like this. Dexter Lawrence makes that play rather than Kirk Cousins chokes in the moment. The but pressure Dexter from Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence is yeah. absolutely everything. A first-team All-Pro. He's, he's just had an outstanding year. He is an outstanding player, and he was a difference maker yesterday. Still, RC, everyone is looking at it, and because Kirk Cousins is who he is, people will immediately jump into it there. But and to throw short of the sticks with the season on the line is tough to watch. But I think, though, that's the point. Kirk Cousins is who he is, and that's not changing. Yeah. This is who Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins is going to have the ability to give you good stats throughout the season. He is a good quarterback. He's never going to be a great quarterback. He's never going to be a quarterback that elevates you over the players that surround him. And you have to be okay with that. And so if you're Kevin O'Connell, you have to listen to what Dan Orlowski said. He is programmed to do that. I can program a right. lot of stuff, right? I can program robots. They're freaking vacuums that just vacuum your house without you standing behind them. There are ways to program things. What I want is a quarterback I don't have to program. What I want is a quarterback like Daniel Jones yesterday that, you know what, it's not there, go get me something. Oh, it's not there? Improv a little bit. Give us a little more space and get the football out of your hands. Kurt Cousins in that moment is supposed to know that doing what I've been programmed to do won't win me a game and that's the time to go win right. the game and I've said it all season 18 has won these close games throughout the yeah. season not Kirk Cousins what did Wink Martindale do I'm not gonna let 18 beat me I'm gonna put it on Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins as he's done many times in these very big moments Kirk Cousins he did. And look, yep. 18, of course, is Justin Jefferson. And he was in the first drive of that game. You thought to yourself, oh, here he goes. Yep. And then you never heard his name again. In the meantime, when we brought this up in our pre-show meeting today, Rex got aggravated because in your mind, this game was not about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense. No, it was about Daniel Jones, period. And the defense and, and, of but, the Vikings. Yeah, well, the defense stinks with the Vikings. <laughs> They've been awful the entire season. And we're surprised that they couldn't stop anybody. No, it's been like this the whole year. And so that's why I never considered this team. Look, every single team in the playoffs would have said, yeah, we'll come to Minnesota. We'll come to Minnesota <laughs> play that defense? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You have no business being in there. And don't worry about it because next year it ain't going to be your league anyway. Yeah, meaning that you like the Lions. I like the Lions. I like the else. Packers. I like anybody over that team. Okay, that said, you got the Giants, and you have been riding the Daniel Jones bandwagon and everything else. The Eagles, the most important of the Eagles, has a little bit of a battered wing, right, with the shoulder and everything. It's a Jalen Hurts. It's a set. Last, the opening line that I saw was Philly minus seven right. for the games next, next weekend. You give the Giants a chance in that I game? I definitely give the Giants a chance because of two reasons. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. That gives them a chance right there. And But do I think Philly's going to win it? Yeah. RC, yeah. give the Giants no, a chance. I absolutely give them a chance. When you think about the way I watched Wink Martindale adjust yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings and now what Daniel Jones and this offense are able to do, I believe this game can be close. The New York Giants have won the second most close games the entire season. They'll give themselves a chance. Now do you get over the hump? Dan, at the risk of uh, your Philly-born wife yelling at you, do you give the Giants <laughs> a chance next weekend? 
Absolutely. If the, if the Eagles come out in this game and try to blow the Giants out, they'll lose. Okay, so that the stage is set. Daniel Jones, a star, may have been born yesterday. But wait, Super Wildcard Weekend has not concluded. We've saved the best for last. Tonight, the Cowboys visiting the Bucks in a rematch of Week 1. Dallas doesn't want to think about that game. They scored a season-low three points, and it was at the end of that game that we saw Dak Prescott suffer the thumb injury that knocked him out for five games. Meanwhile, Tom Brady on the other side. He has never lost to the Cowboys in his career. 7-0 all time, but Tampa Tom is on track to be a home underdog in the playoffs for the first time ever as they meet tonight. On the other side, Cowboys haven't won a playoff game on the road in 30 years. Those eight straight losses are tied for the second longest streak by any team all time. The storylines are pretty much endless in this game, Dan, but there's no question where they begin. They begin with the play of the Cowboys quarterback, and and no one has had more to say about that, more insight into it than you have. What exactly does Dak Prescott have to do tonight to beat the Buccaneers? Don't press. Be the guy that we saw on Christmas Eve versus the Philadelphia Eagles when he went down 10-0. When you were just playing. And here's the thing, Greeny. Y'all better be better on first down, Dallas. Dak Prescott, be a quarterback on first down that just kind of handles the situation. Don't, we don't need the Superman cape. That's not necessary tonight. It's not you versus Tom. We don't need you to think you got to carry this football team. Just go play and do not press. This offense on first down in the last month and a half is awful. They're yeah. awful. And there's a butterfly effect. And Rex and RC know this. When you stink on first down and you can't pass protect on second and third down, you're going to stink on third down. So I think for Dak Prescott, it's just to understand, you don't have to be – you're the better football team, all right? Dallas is a better football team than Tampa. You do not have to be Superman tonight. Just go be Dak Prescott, play free, play convicted, play with poise, and this football team offensively is good enough against a Tampa defense that has vulnerability. Yeah, and Rex, you were saying this. You think Dallas is the much better team. What should oh they do gosh. to them tonight? Yeah, show up and play. The only thing is, look, they, they are so much more talented than this team. One of the fastest teams in the National Football League against the absolute slowest team. This team should have no chance. Below 500 for a reason, mm-hmm. all right? But guess what? Same team that beat you week one. Why? Because they got Tom Brady. You can't look at it. Dak Prescott, you need to go into the game not thinking, I got to score every time I get it. You don't have to. Dude, they ain't going to score. Mm. Have, you, have you watched Tampa play offense all year? You talk about a, a, a slow team with no – this is the most – this team has less explosive plays than any team in the National Football League. Less than you, the Jets. Mm-hmm. Less than whoever. They, they, they can't – here's two reasons. They can't run the football, and they don't have speed outside. You ought to eat this team alive. Please tell the, <laughs> to the left corner opposite Diggs, just stay on top of your guy. Right. Rex, Rex, you said all of that. Would you be surprised if Tampa wins tonight? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly great. And, there's, and there's two words that are the reason why. And no one knows it better than the two men sitting yeah. at the yeah. desk. No. You were coaching all those years yeah. in the AFC East, and you with all those you know, battles. Tom Brady is on the other hey, side. Absolutely. And I think that's what frightens you. That's why you yeah. have to coach as hard as you possibly can the entire week if you're this Dallas Cowboys defense because you understand who the other man is that, are t- that is taking snaps from under center. The other piece is this. The Dallas Cowboys has found ways to make games against teams that are inferior
compared to them. Extremely close. If this is a one-score game, if this is a field goal game very late, are we not going to see Tom Brady get the ball and go, oh, we've seen this story before. Mm -hmm. Guess who else is going to say that? Mike McCarthy. Guess who else is going to say that? Micah Parsons. And guess who else is going to say it? Whoever the dude is that is playing opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Because (laughs) what we've learned is if you got a sitting duck over there, Tom Brady's going to go on top of his head because we saw it against Carolina. And that's why I'm saying, please, for the love of God, just stay on top. That's all you have to do. Anybody they put out there, man, nobody can cover anybody. So just stay on top. So to give the fans something to watch for, you're saying if if the Buccaneers are making big plays, explosive plays, but they don't do it. They're going to win the game. That's what you watch. Absolutely, they will win the game. And here's the thing, too. You talk about, you know who else knows it? Yeah. Who's got that collar is going to be super tight? Dan Quinn. Mm -hmm. Quinn has never beat Tom Brady. You think I had a bad record against him? At least I was better than (laughs) 0-7. So, I mean, you don't – like, he's got to be tight, too. Including a Super Bowl game in which he had the huge lead and everything else. Of which we're all well aware. So, it is Super Wild Card Weekend wrapping up tonight in Tampa. And the coverage will be everywhere tonight. ABC, ESPN, ESPN+. You can't ask for more of a matchup. we got the mega cast tonight that includes Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. It's in Spanish on ESPN Deportes. We are ready for this monster game tonight. And a special treat during the game tonight. Tune in for the premiere of the exclusive new trailer for The Mandalorian Season 3, streaming March 1st only on Disney+. Plus. So it's a huge night ahead. Meanwhile, speaking of a huge night, Saturday night, what Trevor Lawrence did, it began with the first half, and then it may have changed forever in the second. Why someone here says it reminded them of LeBron. Don't miss it next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Back on Get Up off an incredible day in the NFL. It began here in Orchard Park, New York. Josh Allen's Bills hosting the Dolphins, who are starting a third-string quarterback. You figure it should be a blowout, RC, and then it's early. It's Stephon Diggs in there in business. No one throws a prettier deep ball than Josh Allen. This is right on the four of Stephon Diggs' chest. They're going to go in and score with an amazing play. And with this, look at Allen just keeping the play alive. Listen, when you have a quarterback who can extend plays and a guy like Dawson Knox who works so well with him, who needs two hands when you can just use one? They went up 17-0, and it looked like it should have been a blowout in every way, but the Bills kept allowing 
the Dolphins to stay in it. Here's a pick. Listen, this is a little pull through. We call it a slingshot. Cohen gets his hand on the football. Javon Holland is Johnny on the spot. And now the Miami Dolphins are in business. That was Allen's second interception of the game. Dolphins would score a touchdown. It's a three-point game at the half. And then this is Buffalo's first snap from scrimmage in the Watch third out! <laughs> It's a lookout block on the outside. No one touches Eric Rowe. Josh Allen doesn't get the football out of his hand. It's a scoop and score. And Marcus Spears will be talking about this on Big Men Ball. Allen with his third turnover of the game. Dolphins have the lead. But then it's Allen coming back. It's Beasley. Buffalo retakes the lead 27-24. Miami punts. And here's Big Game Gabe. Big Game Gabe. Looking like he did against Kansas City in the divisional round of the playoff last year. Little Tony Toe Tap. So the Bills up 10. You figure game over, right? Wrong. The Dolphins hang in there all day. But then down three points with two and a half minutes on a fourth down and short. They actually had 51 seconds to get to the I've seen this off. before. They didn't have a play for fourth and one, but they had one for fourth and six. Yeah, they, they tried it. It turns into fourth and six. It's Thompson, Gesicki, no good by the hair of their chinny, chin, chin. The Bills hang on. Allen throws for 352, but he was picked off twice and had the turnover and, and the Dolphins. And look, I want to explain. We have to start quickly with them not getting the play call, yeah. Dan. Again, you're a quarterback, so help me with this. For anyone who's saying, well, Mike McDaniel said after the game that it had been communicated to him that it was a first down. For what it's worth, A, it wasn't that close. B, they did restart the clock. They reset it. So he actually had 51 total yeah. seconds, and they still didn't get the play call. Dan, what happened? Yeah, the reality is that he hears from a coach or a coaching staff member up in the box, hey, coach, first down, so you're automatically going to your play sheet looking down, what's our next call? Then you get it that it's not a first down, it's going to be fourth down. And these plays aren't I right, go right. These are very long and wordy plays. My guess is they're a little bit drawn down because of the third string quarterback. But there's a lot that has to get communicated into your quarterback in this moment. Greeny, I think this is just a tough break with this situation. This likely doesn't happen with Tua or with Teddy, but since it's a third-string quarterback who doesn't know everything about this offense, that's just the downside to it. No, the, the bottom line of it is, what, no, Rex, you're shaking your head. No, what? absolutely not. This dude froze. Mm. We can say what we want, he froze. And I've seen it happen before with coaches. And, and guess what? It wasn't like it happened once. It happened, what, three, four times? Oh, in it the felt fourth like the quarter. whole fourth quarter. So, they to me, I don't want to hear it. You can get the playoff. you got to anticipate. As a play caller, you anticipate. And so now you got this. As soon as that thing happens, yeah, it's easy to shut off saying, well, it's first down. No, you've got to be thinking, if it's short, I'm going to this. If it's not, I'm going to this. You've already thought about it the next play. This is chess. You're playing in the National Football League. It's chess. It ain't about, okay, it says uh, this. That's not how you call plays. And so to me, I think the guy – just kind of froze in the biggest moment. All right, so Danny looks skeptical. We can, we'll never know. That, that will I'll obviously know. be a story. I'll know. I've seen it happen a million here's, times. Here's the one thing I know, RC, that if the Bills played that exact game and the Dolphins had their quarterback – Miami would have advanced. Is it good enough in Buffalo right now? No, it's not good enough in Buffalo. But we got to remember, this is a team that many of us had pegged in the preseason to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And now with some of the injuries that you've seen defensively and a little regression from Josh Allen. And no, Bills Mafia, I'm not saying Josh Allen is not one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the entire league. But are we getting to the point where you're going to have to talk about Josh Allen and always add this asterisk you have to live with, right? We have some of these 
these great players and they have these deficiencies and we say, well, you have to live with that because look what you get on the other side. When Josh Allen is playing against a good football team, when he's playing against a championship caliber football team, he can't turn the football over like this. He can't have a mis miscommunication with Brown. He can't lock in on Cole Beasley and get not get the football there in time or have the connection where Cole Beasley comes back to catch it. He can't not understand that the hot route is in the flat and it's open right now. Take it. It doesn't matter because Eric Rowe is free. Josh Allen has to play better next week. Did he make some of the wild plays that we're oh, used oh, to oh. seeing? Absolutely. But he's also the sole reason the Miami Dolphins were in this football game. Danny, you have tape. Show us Josh Allen. Yeah, we saw the best and the worst of Josh Allen. A little bit like 2019 to RC's point, but the Bills are not good enough to overcome some of Josh's mistakes. The reality, though, is when they needed Josh to be great, like at the end of the first half, he was. All right, so start with Gabe Davis. This is a best release. You have to go inside or outside, whatever gets vertical. Tight end seam. It's covered two. Now what happens is because he goes inside and gets vertical, Josh pumps that safety to just get him to bleed inside. Now I've opened up that hole on the outside. This is right before the half where they get three points. Now you go to third down. He's got a little bit of outside pressure. It's man-to-man. -man. Josh climbs the pocket. What I like is he doesn't take off running. He remains a little bit like a passer, just a flick of the wrist again to Gabe Davis. This gets him in field goal range. By the way, they won the game by three points. Mm -hmm. But they were in this situation because Josh was very frantic with his eyes and his feet. Third down, man coverage. Rex knows this. Drop down the safety. Just has vision with Josh. Josh hits his back leg. Indifferent to that third down completion, this time he takes off and he's just a runner. He's actually going to have that very similar crosser coming over the middle of the field. Josh was very frantic with his eyes. You know, it was almost too quickly to become a runner versus man coverage yesterday. And I know he's had success with that this season and certainly in the past. But to not have the feel in that game of holding on to it just for a, a blink longer um, kind of concerns me a little bit. I talked about that. They're not good enough because of the injuries to overcome yeah. three mm -hmm. giveaways in the playoffs next week. They'll lose if he does it again. It's Bills, Bengals. Both played games yesterday. We thought they'd win maybe much more easily than they did. They will match up next weekend. In the meantime, we wanted to make sure we did have a moment for you on the extraordinary drama that was Saturday night in these playoffs. RC, Trevor Lawrence played maybe the worst half of football <laughs> yeah. any quarterback has ever played yeah. and then bounced back and won. What did that tell you? What that told me is that this guy who was supposed to be LeBron had a LeBron-type moment. He had an opportunity to fail. He had an opportunity to go into a to go into a ball and say, you know what? I've lost this one. Let's come back and try it next year. But he didn't do that. Dude said everybody in the locker room believed, and he played in that way. The defense made stop. His players around him made plays once he got the football into their hands. It was the leadership of Trevor Lawrence to me that absolutely blew me away. We all knew about the talent, but it was about the fight. It was about digging. This is a guy that's won his entire career. Now faced with this adversity, he stepped up in a major Major way. Much respect to Trevor Lawrence and what he was able to accomplish that weekend. Much go. respect for Doug Peterson, too. Yeah. It was his leadership that was the calming factor on this entire football team. You heard him talk about just chip away, just chip away. And that's exactly what they did. Trevor Lawrence is a beast. Yeah. And, and the great thing is, but I think it started, it, it, it funneled all the way down from Doug Peterson to his entire well, football team. I mean, team. look, if you look at the coaching situation they had in Jacksonville last year with Urban and then this, there, there may never have been a greater juxtaposition, and we're seeing the benefit of it in Trevor Lawrence. Danny, a quick moment on the performance of Lawrence on Saturday night. RC, you kind of mentioned LeBron. In the football world, who was Trevor Lawrence supposed to be? Andrew Luck. 
He's becoming Andrew Luck. That's what yeah. I felt like watching that game. The kid who was supposed to be the next Andrew Luck starting is starting to look like Andrew Luck. Not only in the regular season, but the way he handled that second half. It was Trevor. Take the game over, and he did. And meantime, everyone on Twitter has fired the coach of the other team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. look, you got Justin Herbert, who is as talented as – I mean, I was texting Giddy with Dan up. during the game. He's ridiculous. Does he need a new coach? Man, I, I tell you what. If you're going to get Sean Payton, then the answer is yes. But the Chargers aren't going to give Sean Payton $20 million. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have Brandon Staley. Here's my message to Brandon Staley. Number one, you did an outstanding job getting your team ready to play that game. They were popping out of their skin. Yeah, they were. But my goodness, learn from some of the coaches in the past, veteran coaches, to learn how to close out a game for, for goodness sake. I, I hate this one. Well, we, ha- we never had success running. Yes, you do. When you're moving the clock, that's success. I don't you don't wanna, stop running the ball. I don't want to call for a coach's job, but I, I believe Brandon Staley is a good coach and he should be the head coach. You have to do something offensively. There has to be a new plan, a new scheme, or a new guy calling I, I don't want to call for his head either, but, yeah. you know, you're saying he's a good coach. Why? Tell me one thing yeah. this man has done. To, to he me. was reckless the first year. To me, he's supposed to be a defensive guru. Your defense gave up a 27-point lead. And by the way, statistically, one of the worst defenses in the history of the game stopping a run. So to me, I ain't buying that. I have to rhyme up against the end of an hour. I think that you speak for a lot of people who watched that game the other night. By the way, we got basketball coming your way. Big 12 SEC Super Tuesday doubleheader. Number two, Kansas. Number 11, Kansas State. Then we got Kentucky, Georgia. Both games on ESPN and the ESPN app. As we continue, Daniel Jones did something no other quarterback ever did. Wait till you hear the word that Saquon Barkley is using to describe him now. We've got that next as we roll on on a day that will conclude tonight in Tampa. First take is coming up live following us from Tampa ahead of Cowboys Bucks tonight on ESPN. 